0: hi this is misty roses and you are listening to the fsf podcast
1: the show where the sad part about the jokes is that we wrote them
2: <laughs> our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor the red shirt widows and orphans fund which supports the wish upon a teen foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most and just imagine the comfort you'll give redshirt crewman number 127 she'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins mando and in on a space adventure to protect her eggs, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her egg sack.
1: All right, so our guest today is a longtime stunt woman and actress who you've seen in movies and television shows, uh, either on screen or as a stunt person in shows like The Hunger Games, Van Helsing, Sliders. The Mandalorian, and there's a whole lot more that we can talk about, and we probably will talk about at some point during our conversation today. We are so excited to welcome Misty Rosas to the FSF Popcast. Welcome to the show, Misty.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, excellent. Well, we're excited to have you. Uh, you. Anytime I can get somebody from Star Wars onto the show, I'm a little bit like a kidney candy store, so I'll hold my giggling until uh, <laughs> later when I have a very star... Uh, I get to a more Star Wars specific question, but for right now, uh, we'll start off with one of the things that I like to learn about our guests is to find out the history or the, or the background, you know, what got them to the place where they're at. Uh, and because we're nerds, we love origin stories. So we'd love to know the origin story of Misty Rosas, uh, and, and how you got to where you're at and what led you to your, your career in acting and stunt work
0: the origin of my journey is gymnastics um I was very rambunctious from (laughs) the time I was born and really uh in order to save my uh, parents furniture uh because I was jumping on everything and hanging (laughs) on everything um the couch the beds just everything and uh my brother at the time he was watching gymnastics and stuff and it's like, why don't you put her in a gymnastics class? (laughs) And I was two and a half. And from the moment I took that first class, I was just hooked. And uh, there would be tears after every class, like I just didn't want to go home. And so gymnastics from the time I was two and a half um, until I was 20 was very much uh, my life. And uh, it is the foundation of the strength physically that I've built, discipline. Um, I obviously, uh, dancing is part of gymnastics with the floor routines and, you know, there is choreography on the beam. So, and a timing and a flow. So dancing was also part of that origin story as well. And, uh, from gymnastics, uh, after I decided to shift, uh, I did, go straight into performing arts and music and dance class. And then I ended up uh, auditioning for Disneyland when I was 18. So that is how I got my first experience in character suits. Um, And then from there, as fate would have it, it was like a crossing of my, you know, storylines as a gymnast, the production And producers and you know the Kennedy Marshall company contacted my uh, gymnastics coach that I trained with as an elite gymnast and they were looking for uh, people under five feet that were you know still had long arms long legs and extreme strength uh, to audition for their movie which I didn't know at the time Congo so Mm. that's when my life really took a uh, you know, 180 degree turn into this very specific performing arts type of, you know, career. So very it was cool. a little backwards with acting class. I went to acting class after <laughs> Congo. Um, so it was just like this moment where all of the work, all of the training, uh, it paid off in a different way uh, for me where, you know, Congo was that that gift so, and then it just, from there, that was the trajectory. And uh, I haven't looked back since. <laughs>
2: How often did they use a real uh, gorilla in for Amy?
0: They didn't. They Not didn't? Why.
2: You were just Amy yeah. all the time? Okay.
0: It was me and uh, my partner, uh, Lorene No. She uh, is fantastic. She did, you know, she was able to really grasp it a little bit more than I did. I did all of the stunts and the very physical work and Mm. she did all of the beautiful nuanced work. So we were a team and it was super necessary because that was just the most, it's a grueling job. Um, (laughs) my friend David St. Pierre actually saw him yesterday for a meeting and he was one of the gray gorillas and we were talking about, uh, gorilla performance in this suit, <laughs> and it is just the hardest. I was like I don't know if I could do it now. <laughs> so um of course I would, but I would have to really really train and really focus hard for that one because <laughs> it's <Yeah>. it's extreme.
2: <laughs> How do you uh, go about doing stunts inside of a suit? I guess that's a complex issue.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like anything uh, again, my background as a gymnast, uh, I took my first really hard fall when I was six, um, on, off the, on the beam and, and, you know, ultimately off the beam, um, <laughs> doing a, a back walk over into a back tuck and, uh, my feet were too far to the side. So when I landed, my foot slipped and I hit my thigh and flipped over and ended up crashing, you know, into the crash pads. Uh, so I have had a lifetime of learning how to fall uh, (laughs) properly without really hurting myself. Um, So it was a combination of the three and a half months of training uh, that we did for Congo. um, And also then taking, again, that foundation of my gymnastics training to Mm -hmm. what they needed for the stunt work and stuff so you know rolling uh, down the hill sliding down the hill and then you know grabbing onto the branches with one hand and then pulling the other hand up so
3: yeah things like that
2: <laughs> so i got to go rewatch that movie now <laughs> <laughs>
3: You, you started talking about climbing all of your parents' parents' furniture and I'm like, oh, gymnastics classes for my daughter. That's not a bad idea.
0: Yes, it's um, <laughs> just joy. I, you know, little ones need that release. Like, you know, at first when they're super young like that, it just, it's like you unleash them into the gym and it's just craziness and chaos and they just mm-hmm. run around and jump and... You know, expel all of that wonderful energy without furniture being broken. So.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like as soon as you started mentioning it, I'm like, all right, opening another tab, searching for gymnastics classes near me. I will look at that later.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, she has a <laughs> I very recommend it. Very active four year old. She is oh. a very active four year old. Yeah,
3: exactly.
1: She's a hoot. She's a hoot, but she's active.
3: <sighs> she's not- She's a nut. So jumping from your origin story to your most recent work, and don't worry, Tim, we are going to get to Star Wars. I promise. We will talk (laughs) Star Wars. Your newest credit on IMDb as of this afternoon is a film called My Favorite Girlfriend, which sounds like it's an interesting premise. So what can you tell us about the film and your character Regina's role in the story? Oh, gosh. Um, It's one of those
0: moments, again... I've trained for this, but I'm super shy and, you know, I'm not one, I'm very comfortable, obviously underneath suits. And uh, my friend, Amanda wrote and directed this film. You know, we've been close friends and hustling hard in Los Angeles for a while. And, um, you know, we, It was kind of born during the pandemic. And so Zoom read-through after Zoom read-through, she gave me this character to read, and I really, really liked her. shes I think the best way to describe her is what Amanda wrote, which is um, she embodies on the outside the tenacity that I have that I usually keep on the inside. She's much more bold and fierce, and I just... I thought originally, uh, because she's only in two scenes, I signed on and said yes. Okay, okay, I'll do this. And then, <laughs> little by little, the producers really liked what I was doing. So <laughs> it ended up being many more scenes than that. And you know, it's, um, I really highly recommend the movie. It's a um, very sweet. Yes, it's a rom com, but it just it definitely has um, a very powerful and a very I would say in so many ways a nurturing message uh for everybody, um, especially at this time in you know, in life with everything that's been going on with everyone and coming out of the pandemic. And yeah, I mean, I've spoken to quite a few of my yoga students because on the side, um, I teach yoga as my karma job, and a lot of them are talking about just the anxiety and stress they have. And it's like, just don't underestimate. The PTSD of what we've all experienced, and just be gentle with yourself. Breathe through your practice and don't force or push, and uh, really be kind to your heart right now.
3: So, I feel like that's something that so many people are overlooking of what everybody went through individually during the pandemic, whether it was pandemic related or life related that you didn't get your typical support system with.
0: Uh There is a lot to unpackage uh, there. Yeah. And so I really do encourage people, um, if they're struggling, um, to, there's all kinds of different groups and, you know, don't be embarrassed and don't be shy. Uh, our mental health is connected to our physical health that is connected to our spiritual health, all of it together. They don't, um, you can't compartmentalize any of them. So, You know, whatever it is you need to do, if it is yoga, if it's meditation, um, if it's playing soccer, if it's basketball or a group, you know, of some sort, just get out there and and don't be afraid to share and talk. Because people, whether you understand it or not, are so caring and loving and willing to help. And uh, really, that is uh, what you'll experience in this movie is the struggles that people go through silently you get a glimpse into their lives and how, you know, love will help people to really overcome that. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. yeah, it's, uh, it's where I'm headed to be honest. I'm actually, uh, editing my acting reel this week. So, um, I actually um, wanted to do some more jumps.
3: That's <laughs> cool. so exciting. And I, I, it cracks me up with the, the ridiculousness of the taboo around mental health that if any other part of your body is hurt people tell you to go to the doctor
0: mm-hmm. but when it is the
3: actual essence of the human being when it is your brain mm-hmm. the thing that controls everything else in your body somehow it's not okay for you to get help for it and it's yeah. so dumb
0: yeah mm-hmm. i just uh there are hotlines um you know if anyone out there is struggling and listening to this, our wonderful conversation, just call the number. Uh, even just the action of doing that will, will help and know, you know, every, every single one of us struggles and has rough moments. Um, there is not one person on this planet, uh, that isn't going through something. So you're not alone, uh, you know, and, and just talk to somebody, start with a friend, you know, so <laughs>
1: that helps That's you get advice. to where going. Yeah. Yeah, great advice. I think uh I on a slightly softer note. I think it's awesome that you're doing a rom-com. Uh strictly because there hasn't been very many good rom-coms in the last 5 or so years. There, you know, if it's something's not blowing up. I mean, trust me, I like it when things blow up on screen. It's fun to watch. But you also uh, but like rom-coms. I do actually. I don't mind like- it. And they're fun, you know, I mean, hey, for me and my wife, you know, my wife doesn't really, you know, she's not really into Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and things like that, like I am. But, you know, but that's something that we like to do together and, and you know, things like that. So having the idea and knowing that there's a, a you know, a fun movie coming out that like, hey, because I'm gonna tell my wife about it. Like, hey, let's you and I sit down with, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna yeah. check it out. And so for me, that's something cool is that I can say, hey, there's this cool rom-com. You know, popcorn it just doesn't happen that often anymore. Popcorn and snuggles. That's right, popcorn and snuggles. Let's let's watch a movie. I need. No, we just got to get musicals in there for you, Tim. That's probably not going to happen.
3: Musical rom com. <laughs>
1: probably not going to happen. But nice try, though. Come
3: on, we got you. We got you this close with Schmigadoon. Come on.
1: You did get. You did get me. Throw into over the
3: edge into it.
0: Yeah, I will say probably the most gratifying moment is uh, my one of my younger brothers uh, brought my mom up to our little screening for the first time being in a theater with friends and family. I was sitting next to him and same thing. He loves Star Wars and Indiana Jones and you Know horror films and nothing to do really with rom coms, but he laughed through the whole film. And anytime I heard him laugh, it just you know warmed my heart. So, oh, it's awesome. Um, it's yeah, it's very witty and humorous. And again, everybody who was in the film because it's a little indie film, everyone did it for um, the love of the work, um, even better. And uh, they just brought 110
1: percent so well cool looking forward to seeing it
0: yay thank you
2: (laughs) so misty we all have a little bit of something that we hold close to our hearts Mm -hmm. what was a project or something a little less known that you worked on that you wish got a little more love and attention
0: i don't know i love all of them and my thing is is just you know it'll find its feet somewhere Oh, let me think about that one. I guess probably, you know, My Favorite Girlfriend. It's, um you know, it's out there, and I'm not allowed to say where it's going next, but Amanda got some good news uh, yesterday, so, Ooh. but uh, be, you know, we can't say anything yet, but we're hoping that this little film, um, you know, gets some love, not because... Any other reason, but we really want people to see it so they know, like, again, if they're um, struggling through stuff, that's everybody right now. And um, there's all kinds of outlets for help and support and love. So, and to not be afraid of that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, I'm very Fair excited enough. for whatever the good news is. Yes.
0: So hopefully it's coming soon.
3: <laughs> good news is still good news, whether or not you can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
1: Whether told now or, or delayed a little bit, good news was some is always something we'll take. So.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, cool. Now, Misty, one of the things that many people may not know about you is that you're also a singer. You've had a few singles out. You've had an EP out. And you've even had the opportunity to sing the national anthem at Dodger Stadium. So. Mm-hmm what I'm curious is, is if you could tell our audience, uh, about your music, you know, what kind of music you have, because I've listened to a few of your songs and I will say that you've got a, a powerful, but not overwhelming voice. If, if that makes sense to you, um, it's it very easy to listen to. You can hit the high notes. You you're able to hit the notes, but it's never anything where I was like, wow, she's just really singing out of the side of the stadium. And, uh, I don't want to listen to that anymore. Uh, it was very, <laughs> it was very easy to listen to. That, that's what I'm. I'm guess what I'm trying to get at. Um, but I liked your music, and so tell us about your music and what was it like to sing at Dodger Stadium.
0: Thank you. Um, thank you so much for the compliment. It means a lot, and I will share that with my vocal coach because he's always saying he's like, you have a lot of power. Uh, you don't need to use that much power. Uh, be very much more technical and specific
1: with your pitch. I was like,
0: okay. (laughs) So I'm always working on that.
1: I think you nailed it. So
0: (laughs) thank you. My, I would say it is very much, you know, in the pop genre, um, the, what the songs sound like are very much negotiated with, um, because I create and I hear the melodies in my head Um, and that kind of swirls together with what I start to sing and then as a songwriter write out. Um, so that's, you know, when I go in and pitch to my record producers, um, I don't really play an instrument, like I'll tinker around on my keyboard, but, um, I will never play that in public (laughs) and save every, spare everybody that, um, but, you know, I'll sing it acapella, but very much with the tempo and, you know, choosing what key it's in and stuff. So. So, yeah, I mean, that's why sometimes they're all over the place, but I'll just get I like to call them little mini short stories that I tell nice. um, with music. And as far as the oh, Dodger Stadium was, I honestly, for me, that was the Olympic moment, you know, that as a kid, I didn't get as a gymnast. It was just, um, I, you know, I told someone finally what it felt like. Cause I was up there at the top. I was an elite and headed towards the, you know, the Olympic trials and stuff. And, but the idea of, um, messing up on the, the world stage um and you know disappointing my coaches my parents and the united states of america that was just too much for me um at 16 so i just i i basically imploded and so that's <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of
3: pressure understandably it was too much a lot pressure, of pressure yeah
0: you know and that's why honestly you know my heart goes out to simone biles so because if you've never done gymnastics you don't understand what they mean by what twisties are and it is anxiety um it is about you're in your head and you're just lost your timing is lost and usually with twisties um you go back into the gym and do timers and stuff in the pit you know what was different about her is like she's doing two and a half twists and uh triple flips with you know or a triple twist with double flips and yeah, that was a lot for her. And I was just like, oh, so I understood completely. Like I didn't even get there, but for, it was that one moment to be, you know, walk out onto a stage and I didn't look up until I was finished and saying brave at the end of the song. <laughs> um, Cause I just needed to stay centered and do what I wanted to do there, which was really deliver, an emotional moment of, you know, and being super proud to be an American and to, you know, be an LA girl, uh, you know, hustling hard in the city um, and doing the one thing that I really love, like I'm, you know, have hearing loss in both of my ears. So it's taken me a very long time for my brain to try to hear a uh, pitch center. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always great. Uh, it was the first time too, where uh, they, I I had to wear an in-ear monitor, which I've never done um, because ultimately that would have to act as both a hearing aid and the in-ear. And I've never been in that type of a stadium setting where the gigantic speakers that were right across from me, uh, that's why you have to wear the in-ear is when you sing, the echo of what you just sang about a second and a half later comes mm-hmm. right back at you. And so you're mm-hmm. trying to listen and focus on the organist that's helping and playing with you uh, while you're hearing your voice too. It was the one time I was glad I had the hearing loss in the right ear. Um, but yeah, it was just, again, the most proud moment, I think, of my life doing something that is uh, so personal and uh, you cannot be nervous at all when you sing that song because it is so hard, and the <laughs> range is so broad, and um, you don't want to mess up the words because everybody knows <laughs> the words. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of things, but again, um, a lot because a lot of people could see it at the end. I just like literally had tears in my eyes. I was like, oh, it was over- overwhelming.
3: And so. Dodger Stadium has a capacity of 56,000 people. <laughs> no, plus whoever's that. watching <laughs> it, plus whoever's watching it on TV, like that is that is nuts. Mm-hmm. Like I have had the experience of singing to a, a smaller arena, it was 5,000. I cannot imagine 51,000 more people.
0: Yeah, and um, they were very sweet. And again, I just wanted to sing really well for them. And I saw um, a soldier that was there, and you could tell he's done so many tours. And um, I saw him right before, and I told him, I was like, this is for you. So. Well,
1: cool, <laughs> awesome. That is yeah, such when a you cool were moment. When you were done, I you, you posted pictures online of, you know, the after when you were done yes. singing. And, and you're... I don't think that you probably didn't stop smiling for a good couple of days afterwards. Cause that was yeah, quite no. the smile. You had just like grin afterwards. You were so happy in those yeah. photos. Yeah. That was a really cool moment to be able to, to see it from that angle. So uh, congrats was. on Thank that.
0: Thank you. <laughs> it's like the, it's that pinnacle moment of all of the hard work and
1: mm-hmm.
0: again, the struggle. And it's like, you know, a lot of people are like, are you sure? And even my ear doctors, they, cause I've, visit them often um they're like we're not really sure how you how you do that uh given the severity of your hearing loss but it's like i love it and i'm not going to let this stop me so you know it's like i'm just gonna keep at it and so that was again my little olympic moment (laughs) and my brothers and my mom were there on the field with me and uh for the first time too. again like i said as a gymnast, I, I really did it took me a long time to um, kind of overcome what that felt like to, you know, not do what I was hoping to set out to do and to have their support uh, behind me in that moment. It just felt like it all came full circle. So and it's the struggles ultimately that you're most grateful for when you hmm. have those, you know, pinnacle moments.
1: Yeah, that's very
2: cool. So I have quite a few family members who are little people. Uh, My uncle played one of the munchkins in the New Wizard of Oz. And um, he also would go and do the Oompa Loompas, like a traveling thing. I don't remember exactly what that was. Um, But I've also assisted like the deaf community in various activities from working to learning. And I really appreciated your award-winning music video, Panic Bun. Oh, thank you. (laughs) For starters, it was phenomenal. It was just beautiful to watch and like the song and the lyrics to it. I, I just absolutely loved. So in the uh, subject of that, it- it's sharing your deepest, darkest fears in this place in hopes that it will help others to feel that they are not alone in their struggle. Could you tell us about what that song means to you and how it came about, please?
0: Yes, of course. Um we'll just keep it with the same theme of origins. Um, that song is born of what it felt like to have to walk away from gymnastics and the only thing I'd ever known. And to, because, you know, again, I was in trouble. And just like I, you know, already we've talked about a little bit, uh, your physical health is tied to your mental health. That's tied to your emotional health and, you know, the stress and the anxiety of trying to be perfect, um, to be the best, uh, to not make a mistake, um, on a national stage on the world stage, it was too much. And for me, um, it's, I started imploding in, you know, losing too much weight. So that was, the end for me yeah it's like I needed to save my life by leaving the thing that I loved the most that was my life that was felt like the panic button moment and to keep one foot in front of the other trust your journey like I read every single book there was to read on anorexia so I could understand what was happening to me it's almost like the best way I can describe it for anyone who might be having a similar issue is, um, I thought I was in control of my body. And if I looked thinner, you know, in the leotard and stuff, of course the judges and everybody liked that. Um, and it felt like it had control, but at, at, at a certain point, uh, you just lose control. So that was the panic button. And it's just, again, don't push it. You know, there's, there's books there's people there's hope there's um other journeys meant for you um and finding joy i think i've danced and obviously um a lot of that emotional angst out and then i wrote it for sure in these lyrics of you know especially in the bridge where you know talk about clarity takes time you know to understand the um to understand the the madness of your own mind um, and what we do to ourselves. So, um, if there's any message that I could ever give anybody in that darkest moment that you have, which you have it on your own, there's nobody with you. Just don't push the panic button. Um, breathe, start there. You know, even if you're in a, on a, in a puddle on the floor, um, just push yourself off the floor and get up one, one leg at a time and breathe and, Uh, reach out to a friend, you know, um, a family member, anybody. So, so yeah. um, And I will say, um, my friend Amanda is actually her and I and our friend Stephanie, uh, we would have little like like meetings, because Stephanie is a producer, Amanda's a writer and a director, I'm a dancer, actor, songwriter, singer. I really wanted to go for something big, and she's the one who helped me to find my director. And then my friend Stephanie helped me to... Uh, maintain that production because it was a it was a big production (laughs) so uh and again it's always opportunity to again share the deepest darkest parts of what I've experienced and gone through and again hopefully to shed a little light that um there is light at the end of the tunnel and um you know you'll find your way back and Mm -hmm. it makes you stronger it makes you more compassionate and empathetic to and you know with everybody that's around you and you know I think that's one of the things like all of the friends on Instagram um there's a handle called the art of Mandalore and she did like a little appreciation post and so and then today I saw all of the wonderful sweet messages from fans and they're like every day is Misty Appreciation (laughs) Day and you know I made sure to send them back some love and because that's what we're here for and um, it is the human connection and again whatever you're going through there's tons of other people going through it so don't feel alone or afraid uh, reach out to somebody so and I guess the momentum going to to really start to understand that re- people really do care and they do have um a lot of goodness and and love
2: beautiful
3: human connection is so important so oh, very much so as I've already mentioned, I have a four-year-old daughter, and as a result, a lot of children's programming has gone through my TV in recent years. <laughs> and you are the voice of Sid the Science Kid, as well as the voice of Lulu on Word Party, both of which are shows that are in my house on a regular basis. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about working with children's programming that attracted you to it, and what were some of your favorite shows when you were a kid?
0: Okay. Um, well, first, um, I'm actually the super performer in the motion capture costume. Um, mm-hmm. My friend Drew Massey, he is a puppeteer and the voice of Sid. And then my friend Dorian Davies is Lulu's voice and, um, you know, my puppeteer for that little uh, panda. <laughs> um, I, again, it's an opportunity to start to help uh be a part of the process of helping little kids learn the idea that we you know we did so we did dance musicals on word party and Mm -hmm. you know these are little babies but it was so fun um to be able to do you know choreography you know it's not super complex so I've seen videos where kids are bouncing on the bed too and doing the choreography. And that just makes me laugh and smile. Cause one, they're getting exercise 2 they're using body and brain and three, um, they're learning choreography. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these skills that they'll need as far as memory and coordination and all of that. So, um, and I know Henson, the Jim Henson company, they do a lot of research as far as children's development uh so I'm just proud to be a part of it and to um embody these characters that again uh children grow, grow up with so
3: that's awesome
0: yeah, it's really
3: fun <laughs> I didn't think about how how big of an impact shows like that would have on on like the the physical development of a child I never thought about that but then the, no it makes sense because they're up there doing those same dances with them mm-hmm. they're following along with that I had I just hadn't quite thought of it from that perspective before, I guess.
0: It's, and again, uh, I'm only four foot nine. So having a career in dancing, um, a professional one, that was never going to be an option for me. I didn't know that and learned that the hard way up here. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and again, it's just through those kinds of struggles of auditioning for every uh, dance agency and getting cut because of you know, my height. I always go with the understanding and, you know, that energetic love of if you really work hard at it, you'll find there's a place for you and you'll find it. And sure enough, I mean, um, I never dreamt that I would be doing a Broadway style, you know, some like it hot (laughs) um, musical um, and be the center, like the diva dancer in my own you know, dance and song about noodles. So <laughs> um, it was pretty amazing.
3: <laughs> it is funny how like you don't expect life to turn out the way that it does, and then suddenly you're dancing and singing about noodles.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I will say, you know, we we love what we do. You have to because after a grueling ten hour workday, especially, uh, we would always shoot Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all of the curriculum. And then Friday was a uh, music video day, but we would have to do our entire shoot days on Thursdays. They, they would, you know, give us like 15 minutes to get out of all of that costume and stuff, have a quick snack and then go back to the stage and then learn the choreography um, for the next morning to start the music video shoots. And, you know, After all of that, I would come home too and rework the choreography. So I would have it in my body and my brain, because in those suits as well, there's a million other things that you're focusing on, which, you know, your arms cannot come down to your body because then you're intercepting the character. Um, so just, you know, your spatial awareness of you on top of trying to hit and do all of the choreography as well that you learned the night before <laughs> it was pretty crazy. So, but again, I love what I do, so it was worth it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, she dances to noodles or does songs about noodles and I'd sing to tater tots. It's fair. It happens. <laughs> Mine was probably more Guinness related. That's a whole nother topic. I'm but. still
3: sad I didn't put that on video.
1: Yeah, well, keep it up. We, it might happen again. You never know. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids. Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. Welcome back to the FSF Popcast. All right, so Misty, you've had some really cool roles and and things, you know, even behind the scenes working on stunts and uh, things leading up to your work on The Mandalorian, both as as uh, uh, Khalil and the Frog Lady. But I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know if you may have noticed by some of the things in the back <laughs> yes. But I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I always love to talk about people, talk to people about their entry point into Star Wars so were you a fan of of Star Wars before starting to work on the Mandalorian if so what was your entry point into the fandom
0: from the very beginning I was super young too young to understand the first movie but um, Empire Strikes back you know me and my younger brothers my mom took us to that um, I think I was six and they were five. And, you know, obviously it already had two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half. So almost three and a half years of gymnastics under my belt. Um, seeing Luke Skywalker train with Yoda and he was doing handstands and one arm handstands and front tucks. Oh, sure. And yeah. I did. I had that moment of oh, I could be a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing um so from that moment on obviously mm-hmm. I was a, a huge fan and it never but it never really occurred to me uh it kind of just was going about my work and journey and um I think and it's just one of those things where when you literally verbalize it, vocalize it, um it <laughs> comes to fruition. I was at uh, the uh, Scum and Villainy Cantina, I think about three months before the audition. And, you know, we were just having a good time. And I just, you know, said with no real, you know, firm belief of it happening. But I was just like, I that would be really cool. I I want to be in a Star Wars show. I don't know how or when or what, but... It's like I'm a suit performer, and that would be cool. So, and then that just went away. And then, again, three months later, I auditioned for—I didn't know what it was at the time—but um, *The Mandalorian*. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's so. That's cool. So you, you auditioned for—I'm assuming the role—the role of Khalil first, and then, mm-hmm. and then Frog Lady came secondarily. So when it came time to Frog Lady, did you have to audition for that, or were they like, "Hey, we have another suit performer thing that, that you might be perfect for"?
0: I started with going into uh Legacy Effects and Tamara, who was also one of my puppeteers um for Frog Lady, she built the costume. And so, you know, but again, um I didn't just assume that I was going to get the part, but I was really hoping. Sure. So um, so then when they were just like, okay, well, we need you to come in for a screen test with John and Dave. I was like, okay. So, you know, went in and did that and kind of found her, I guess like they called it her timing, but you know, that shifted and changed a little bit, obviously from scene to scene, moment to moment. So um, uh, I think my most nerve-wracking moment was when I got the email of, okay, so you and Pedro have, you know, rehearsals with uh Peyton. Uh, you know, and that's just like I literally was super relaxed and I get the the email and then I read it and I just sat up <laughs>
2: like,
0: okay, it's like, can I have my scripts now? <laughs> so that's cool,
3: i love talking to people in the the film and tv show industry and they just they so nonchalantly say these names that like i'm over here with the oh my gosh you have a well i was told i have a screen test with john and dave (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) or hey well you and pedro (laughs) (laughs) yeah like if if my my name and pedro pascal's name were in the same sentence ever i would be a puddle like, that, is, that is so cool
0: <laughs> he's super 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 sweet too oh my gosh fun. i can
3: only imagine i can I only imagine how incredibly sweet he is because he just he just looks like the sweetest most gentle person you've ever ever come across and it's like i want to run scenes with pedro Pascal. <laughs>
1: Well, him him doing his lines, you know, holding a pillow didn't, you know, oh, make know. Him, you know, made, made him seem like a big cuddly teddy bear. And like, like yeah, even that I, I'm yeah, I was like, you know, because I, cause I yeah, you see him doing his lines so that, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, that's actually kind of sweet. OK.
3: <laughs> and I love that, like when when Mandalorian first came out and people are like, oh, it's gonna be a bounty hunter show. I'm like, no, no, this is a show about a, an adoptive father and his journey through being journey in fatherhood. It is it's such it's such a dad show and I love it.
2: <laughs> it's fun. I totally got distracted about what you're saying and I got stuck on scum and villainy Cantina.
3: <laughs>
2: and I realized is that a real place that's a real place. That is. And they have fully loaded Vader Tots.
3: Oh. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh. No.
2: Or the Marvel mac and cheese. And I'm just like,
3: when are we going?
1: Yeah. Where is this? Where is this little slice of heaven at?
2: It's LA. in
3: Hollywood.
0: Um, it's right uh, there. It's on dibs. is and
3: Hollywood Boulevard. So man, if I'm we're right. ever gonna get Tim to sing the to Tater Tots again, they're gonna be the fully loaded Vader Tots.
1: That's <laughs> years. Your chances have thusly improved. <laughs> They've got like the Ring of Power drink, uh, the
2: Fantastic Four fizz. Oh my god! I mean, it, it's yeah, the nerd eat heaven. Um, it is far too far away, man.
3: <laughs> is it worth yeah. flying across the country for tater tots? Yes, yeah, yes, nice it is. Always,
0: because <laughs> it's the journey. It's the experience. So. Tim's it's like so
3: how can I afford plane tickets? <laughs> <laughs> Which kidney do I not like? Which child do I not like? I mean kidney, not kid, kidney, right?
1: Debatable, <laughs> depends on the day.
3: <laughs> I only I have two kidneys. I only have one kid. So I will sell them I will sell them my right kidney. It's the one that makes kidney stones. It's got to be <laughs> it's got to be worth more, right?
1: I mean, I'm willing to go. You and your toy. Yeah, I got to turn that off. I'll be playing with that all afternoon if I don't. Okay, back to the interview. I'm a a responsible adult. (laughs) You're not. Ish.
3: Just because you have a driver's license and you can buy alcohol does not mean that you're a responsible adult. That is why you have Shana. She is the responsible adult.
1: That's why I say I have three children. She has four.
3: Truth. My husband has one child. I have two there you go oh, totally true <laughs> so misty we've talked about how you you actually mentioned that you're more comfortable in the roles where you're in a suit versus when it is your face on camera mm-hmm. so your two roles in the mandalorian you don't show your face for either of those and they're very different characters in how they move and their mm-hmm. body languages feel very distinct to that character while also being uniquely expressive to that character which is fascinating it's it's an amazing thing that you can do. So how do you how do you link that back to your early gymnastics and dance training? Being able to get your body to do those different movements for different characters.
0: The gymnastics and the dance training that is, you know, the coordination um, and also the physical strength. So that's definitely that foundation. You know, I've been fortunate to do this type of work from the time I was eighteen. Uh, starting at Disneyland and, you know, uh, being trained a bit in character performance there, you know, the difference between, um, embodying Minnie Mouse, uh, rather than Donald Duck. Um, for me, I definitely am a people watcher too. So, uh, I'm always curious about where people hold their weight in their feet Um, and you know, for some of my more masculine characters, uh, my feet are always slightly turned in or parallel where frog lady, I turned her feet way out and, you know, just had, and, you know, rotated physically through my body, you know, my arms out and she had such pretty delicate hands. So, you know, I made sure that I use those a lot, uh, with quill you know, my work is super physical. I've torn both of my cab muscles. So I used the one leg. I gave him a little bit of a limp. Um, and I used my right leg because uh, that muscle didn't quite heal properly. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back to shooting *To the Science Kid mm-hmm. with um, a really, it was torn, <laughs> cab mm-hmm. muscle. <laughs> so it didn't heal properly. But um yeah, it's just a really studying the scripts. Um, Once I got my scripts, I wrote notes down and I worked on my dialogue every single day. And obviously, um, I mean, not everybody knows it, but we shoot out of order. So I wanted to make sure that he, especially Quill, because he has such a a short time on screen, um, he did have a beautiful arc that occurred and everybody was able to experience that. So it's it is it's a combination of all of the things. I've been fortunate to work with Legacy Effects for a long time on different characters as well. All of my puppeteers um, on both the characters we've worked together before. And so it's coming together and getting there early on set, talking with them uh, about the things that I want to do, telling them when I might use a physical cue to help them with the dialogue tracks and stuff. But, you know, again, it's just... a uh, Collaborative effort between a lot of people—that is—it has the foundation of it always has to be love and and focus and work and you know fortunately I understood Quill from the whole of my life experience. It's not always been wonderful. Oh. <laughs> I've definitely had struggles, um, and I definitely incorporated the journey of healing through yoga as to you know, embody his wisdom. And with Frog Lady, she's just a sweet love. Um, Everything about her is just about femininity and um, kindness and compassion and empathy. And so that's always what she was. She's not aggressive. She just wanted to get home and um, was going to get there, was going to make it no matter what. And as we know from the big journeys, it never goes smoothly. <laughs> right. You crash and burn first, and then right. um a beautiful relationship develops from that and uh lessons are learned. So
1: yeah.
2: exactly. Is that the actual mask from the show?
0: No. This is a beautiful gift. Hmm. Um it's from you know a wonderful artist like Chris Bartlett. He was a good friend of mine who does all of the droids. Uh, he had it made for me. <laughs> but yeah, well, cool if you if that she if she was, and no, it's just a beautiful replica. So. Chris
1: is a great guy.
0: He's so nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, genuine and sweet and yeah. hardworking.
1: Yeah, so. we love talking with him. He was a lot of fun.
0: Yes.
2: So we love stories and behind the scene type of stories. Do you have any, like, funny or hilarious moments that happen behind the scenes that we don't usually get to hear?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I was hoping it might, end, might have ended up in a blooper reel, but it didn't. Uh, when we were shooting season one, um, it was, you know, me and uh, Grogu was there in his little crate. It was, we were uh, in my house And, you know, everyone was there. Uh, Gina was there and Brendan um, Rio, who was like in the suit for um, IG-11. And um, all of my furniture is really tiny. And I was sitting on this super narrow uh, wooden stool that was really low. And um, the animatronic board for Quill was in my backpack. And so (laughs) I was very, very heavy. And it's the scene where um, he comes in with tea and they draw their blasters. And, you know, I, you know, kind of did that. And there was one take where I leaned back too far and was like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I just fell over and, the, you know, camera operators <laughs> like one moment, your face was in the screen. The next moment and we just saw feet. So um, you know and then gina couldn't stop laughing for the rest of that shoot she's yeah Yeah. no there were like a lot of moments like that obviously my voice and my laugh coming out of his mouth um that just always made the whole camera crew laugh and you know i would you know, talk to my guys and have to yell stuff. And they're just like, it's just wrong. <laughs> 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 little coming out of there, and you know, a few times walking down the ramp of the Razor Crest, I would slip and they would get nervous, but I would just be laughing. And they're like, okay, we'll just do that one more time. It's like, I'm fine. So I don't always have good traction on this ramp. So <laughs> it's a lot of sand on the sets.
1: <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> they're funny. Be- Yes, I always thought it was (laughs) nice. (laughs) I always thought it was funny, you know, when uh, you'd see the the original film shot, uh, like a New Hope, when you'd hear David Prose's voice instead of uh, James Earl Jones, because you're so used to hearing James Earl Jones as Darth Vader, and to hear David Prose do the voice, and it was just, and I imagine it would be much the same, uh, hearing your voice instead of Nick Nolte for for Quill. So I just, yeah. I could see how that would be entertaining
0: it was i mean they heard him uh on set because they had uh speakers all around Mm -hmm. um the set so that you know all the actors that were not in heads and with earpieces they could hear his dialogue as well so i would do the dialogue um during our private rehearsals with dave and john and um you know whoever was directing whether it was rick or Bryce or Peyton. Um, but then once I got suited up, uh, that's when they would switch. Except for Frog Lady. I did all of her dialogue myself. You know, her cute little voice and sounds came in post-production with D. Bradley Baker. So,
1: mm. Ah, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. All right, Misty, we're at a stage in our little interview here where one of two things happens. Either we take you through a quiz or we ask you a silly question and Mm. today we're going to ask you a silly question okay (laughs) all right so imagine you're driving down the freeway (laughs) what's your favorite song to belt out with the windows down and the volume all the way up and why
0: probably lady gaga um edge of glory One, because I don't have her range yet, but I just sing it like I do. (laughs) Um, And it it always gives me a lift. It's just, uh, you know, I've always felt that way where I'm just on the brink of something. But, uh, you know, with The Mandalorian, it felt like all things that I've ever done have prepared me for this moment. And then the same thing with singing the national anthem, you know, the work and the training for over a decade, uh, it just kind of came to that glorious moment. <laughs> so, Excellent. but yeah, I love that song.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good answer. I like it. Answer. <laughs> well, Misty,
2: thank you so much for being on our show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your work?
0: Oh, gosh, lots of places. Uh, YouTube is a good place to go to see uh, music videos, and music is on there. Uh, I have lyric uh, videos as well as, you know, my demo reels are on there. And uh, my website, mistyroses.com, that has a lot of photos, you know, of projects and behind the scenes. And, of course, I'm on all of the socials, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So, um, find me there It's at miss M I S S misty (laughs) roses.com.
3: Awesome. We are going to link all of those for our viewers and our listeners so that they can check out what you've got coming up. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Yeah. you. Yeah. And we also want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to help ensure that we get more amazing guests like Misty Rosas here today to have these fun conversations for you to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps out more than we can ever really tell. And seriously, go check out her links. Misty's got a really cool Uh, 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 social media presence and there's a lot of fun stuff that you'll see from her out on the convention trails and a whole lot of other things and uh, some some really cool Star Wars shenanigans she gets up into so you guys want to check that out but if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department that of course is the frog lady from the Mandalorian Sure, she may not be a direct threat to us, but her sure sense of will and dedication to see something through, despite the temperature drop, or the number of those godforsaken alien winter spiders. And just a second, just for the the, the writers of the show. Seriously, what's with the spiders? Can we not use spiders? Maybe I forgot no spiders. about
3: the spiders. I had yeah. pushed the spiders out of my brain.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's a bad day. Anyway, uh, she's gonna need two copies of your complaint. One for her and one to give to one of her bounty hunter buddies because you know she's got some and she's going to make sure that the offending parties get taken care of. And if we want any chance of survival, we just have to be sure to stay away from her eggs. Well, thanks again, Misty. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun.
3: A lot of fun. Thank you.
1: I hope so. All right, guys, that's going to conclude us for the FSF podcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Ciao. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF Popcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Popcast. Or go to www.fsfpodcast.com and click on the contact me link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.